I love it. I love it. Beautiful, beautiful. John chapter 13 this morning is where we're going to be reading from. John chapter 13 and verse 34 through 35. I hope that you're blessed today by the Word. I know that with it being Valentine, I am going to focus a little bit on this love theme this morning. And I want you to... We, we probably won't want to shout over this kind of preaching, but I'll tell you what, um, this is better than shouting. I'm going to tell you why it's better. Because... If we can get this down pat, folks, it is untold what God can do in this place. Alright, I'm going to tell you, this type of preaching right here today is what we need as believers to grab a hold of. And when we grab this, we become just like Jesus. I'm telling you, our love for God, for other people. It is the most important part of being a Christian. John chapter 13, verse 34. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other, just as I have loved you, you should, notice somebody say should, now that, you should, that means you, they don't always do it, but you should love each other. Your love for one another, this is one of my most favorite scriptures in all the Bible, your love for one another will prove that you are my disciples. There's something special about this love. Now, I want to go, my title today is simply, As I Have Loved You. The words of Jesus. Not what I said, this is Christ's words. He says, As I Have Loved You. Newspaper columnist and minister George Crane tells of a wife who came into his office full of hatred towards her husband. Absolutely angry. She said, I not only want to get rid of him, I want to get even with this man. Before I divorce him, I want to hurt him as much as I can. You ever seen somebody like that? They're just bitter, they're hurt, they're angry. Dr. Crane suggests an ingenious plan. He says, young lady, you go home and act as if you really love your husband. Just tell him how much that you love him. Praise him. Just compliment him for his decent traits, for the things that he's good about. Give him these compliments. Just shower them on him. Go out of your way to be kind to him, considerate to him, be patient with him even when he aggravates you. Be as generous as possible. You spare no effort. You give it your best to please him, to, to enjoy him. Make him believe that you love him more than anything in the world. To which he tells her, after you've convinced him of your undying love for him, he says, and you can't live without him, you drop the bombshell on him and you tell him that you're getting a divorce. You tell him, and, and when you do that, it'll really hurt him. You know, you've built him up and you are going to tear him down. Man, she never thought the preacher would tell her that. So with revenge in her eyes, she goes back home and says, this is beautiful. Will he ever be surprised? I am going to show him. For two months, she showers him with love, with kindness, everything good. When she didn't return back to her office visit, Dr. Crane gives her a call. Are you ready to go through with the divorce now so we can meet and talk about it? She says, divorce? She says, oh, never. You know what, preacher? I discovered that I really love the guy. 
There's something about showing love even when you don't feel like doing it. It will make a difference. It was her actions, folks, that changed her feelings for him. Motion enabled emotion to where this ability to establish love, it was so it's not just by a promise that she's made, but it is these often repeated deeds, pouring and showering love in every way that she could on him that makes her understand, I really love this guy. What in the world is love? We could name it many different things, but if we were to look at the top four, according to the ancient Greek, we would look at four different terms for love. The first one is eros, which is romantic and sensual love, which belongs to the husband and the wife and the marriage. Then there's sorge, which means family love. That brings in the children. And then there's a philia love, which means a friendship or a brotherly love. This is the love that we have for one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And then, lastly, you may have heard the term, it is called agape love. Agape love is a love that only God can possess. Agape love is a divine love. It, it is beyond human reasoning. It is beyond human understanding. We do not understand that Jesus Christ, that He would come and that He would die on a cross for our sins. Who would have ever done that for me? The answer is, it is agape love that Jesus loved me in that while I was yet a sinner, He still loves and dies for me. It is something I cannot explain. It is something really today I still don't fully understand how that God can love me the way that He does. It is called agape love. It's very seldom used in the Greek writings, but the New Testament writers, they use agape love over and over again because they saw agape in the flesh. For the Bible said that God came down the earth through Jesus Christ and He became flesh. Agape love was made flesh and dwelt among us. Can I tell you a few things that love is today? Love is the greatest revelation of God. For in John 3.16, He said, For God so loved this world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would just believe in Him, they will not perish, but they will have everlasting life. This is the greatest revelation of God. That is why whenever we talk to someone that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, the first story that we want to share with them is that there was a man named Jesus that lived on this earth. He loved you so much that He went to a cross called Golgotha, the place of the skull. He went there. He suffered for you. He bled there for you. He died there for you because there is no greater love than a man would lay down his life for his friend. That is what Jesus did for us. Love is the greatest revelation of God. Jesus on the cross, that picture is the greatest revelation you can ever show somebody of agape love. There's nothing stronger than that. But then in 1 John, let me show you another scripture. Now, this is powerful. And I'm going to read it. It's one of those scriptures that I really don't have to preach. It will preach itself, all right? Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. I remember learning this in my little Christian school, John Wesley. He said, anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not... Are you ready for this? This is some good preaching by John the Revelator. But anyone who does not love does not know God. It doesn't matter how much they shout. It doesn't matter how much they speak in tongues. It doesn't matter how much they drop in the offering plate. If a person that claims they're a Christian does not possess this characteristic of love, they do not know God. 
That is not me. That's, that's John saying the words inspired by the Holy Spirit. For why? God is love. That's His nature. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that my God, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and He sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Do you see the picture here? The greatest revelation of God's love is not only Jesus on the cross, but the greatest revelation of God's love for us today is fellow believers loving one another. Not only is that, but love is the greatest commandment. You can read in your Bible in Matthew 22, 37. He said, you love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. The rabbis would identify 613 commandments in the Old Testament. Out of those commandments, and I've been reading the Old Testament lately, 365 were positive, 248 were negative. They were not all good. Do you understand? But yet Jesus said this. He said the entire law and prophets hang on these two things. You love the Lord your God. Number one, love God first with all your heart, soul, and mind. But then He said, love your neighbor as yourself. In our text, he said, this is how people know that you really love me because you have love one for another. The fact of the matter is that on my right arm, and I can't show you because I'd have to unbutton this shirt and we're, it's not worth it, uh, but there's a birthmark on my arm. I've had that baby ever since I was born. I've got a birthmark right here and right there. Two birthmarks. These birthmarks identify me, all right? If you have a baby and you got two in a little thing and he's got a, a, a birthmark on his hand, you see that birthmark, you can quickly identify, am I not right, which child is yours, right? I mean, you can just, you see it. The identification is there. Whether it's a mole or some type of unique identification, it marks that person. Designers are known by their trademark. Tommy Hilfiger did a little red and white with blue around it, kind of like my tie colors, on his shirt. After a while, people saw the logo and they bought it because they thought it was cool. And they, and they wore the Tommy Hilfiger. They wore polo. Some of you ladies with your Michael Kors. It's kind of hard to miss because it actually says it on the pocketbook. You know what I'm saying? But every now and then you'll just see a little round. My wife's got one, of course. And it says M-K. It stands for Michael Kors. After a while, guess what? Everybody knows the identification of the pocketbook because of the label that is on it. And it's in all different things in life. Even as a church, even as, as we put a little bridge the gap and just a little logo, eventually people understand that's the church logo. It's just the way it is. Now I want to show you something. God likewise has established a mark, a very clear mark, by His children who have been born again. Do you understand? Love is is the birthmark of the Christian. Without the birthmark of love upon our lives, other people really don't know who we are. 
It is this birthmark that identifies us. What I'm telling you is if we act like the world, live like the world, talk like the world, there is no birthmark. There is no identification that separates us from them. There's no separating of the goat from the sheep. But whenever a true child of God loves on everybody, people walk around and say the birthmark is on them. The identification is on them. They love other people. It is the birthmark God has put on us. The greatest commandment. It is the greatest evidence of our faith. Look at John. In John 13, 35, he tells us that we will be known by this. The greatest work of the Spirit. In Romans 5, 5, he tells us, is this. He says, in this hope, will not lead the disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. Do you understand the reason that you love is because of the Holy Spirit that is inside of you? Praise the Lord! You cannot have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and be hateful. Listen, I know we're not going to shout today. I'm not trying to make you shout. I have no desire to make you shout. But what I'm telling you, the Bible said in Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. The very first one. Jesus wants us to understand. It is the greatest thing in our life. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, 13. You know the story. He says, if you don't have love, you become a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. You're just words. You're hollow. But three things will last forever when everything else fails. It will be faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is, guess what? It is love. Now, real quickly, for just about 10, 15 minutes, I'm going to give you three simple things that I want to show you about the love of God. Number one, I want to show you unconditional love. Agape is not love if. I'm going to love you if you do this. Agape love is not love because of. I'm going to love you because you cleaned the house. I'm going to love you because you took my car through the car wash. I'm going to love you because you ran by the grocery store and you picked up something for me. Let me tell you what agape represents. It is love in spite of. That means when you are low down, good for nothing, dirty, and you make mistakes, I still love you. When I look at this word, this unconditional, it means it is voluntary. That means I choose to love you. I don't have to love you. You know, I feel like God tells us that I don't have to love you. What have we done to deserve the love of God, folks? What is on our resume that makes the God of the universe the creator of all things committed to us so where we have? I mean, He's obligated to love us. Anybody done anything worthwhile lately that makes God obligated to love you? There is nothing that we have done that can make God love us. But we don't have to because He chooses to love us. Aren't you glad today that God doesn't judge it off of the things that you do or the merit in your life? He judges it just because He loves you. It's not only voluntary, it's involuntary. Involuntary means I can't help but love you. How many of you husband and wives, boyfriend and girlfriend, you know what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter if you get ill with them, you can't help but love them. You just love them to death. Am I right? Nod your head, husband. It'll give you browning points. Valentine's coming up. Come on now. I love you. I love my wife out her side. I just love when you're a little angry. It's so cute. It's cute. Let me tell you something, folks. 
I heard a pastor preach many years ago that in, in our lives, when people, even other people try to make us angry, the best thing that we can do is shower them with kindness. Just like our story said, shower them with love. According to Proverbs, he said, when you love people like that, it will be like taking a heap of hot coals and pouring it on their head. Praise the Lord. Now, we can have the option to go around and be mean to them because they've been mean to us, but that is not what unconditional love looks like. Unconditional love says you're going to be mean to me, but I'm still going to love you anyhow. It is unconditional. It is love without demand. It is love without expectation. I need you to love me when I'm ill. I need you to love me when I'm happy. I need you to love me when I'm sad. I need you to love me when I make mistakes because I will. I need you to love me when I say the wrong thing because I'm so dumb sometimes. I need you to love me then. That's what unconditional love looks like. That's why when I was talking to Bonnie, and it was so sad as we were talking yesterday, and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. don't know what I'm going to do. Married to that man for 62 years. 62 years. Lister Tal, you know, we had some, some rough passages, but overall we had a, had a good marriage. He loved me, I loved him. What I heard in her words was, Unconditional love. We didn't always agree on everything, but we loved each other anyhow. We didn't always get along, but we just pushed our differences aside and we just kept loving each other. 62 years later, we're still in love. Do you understand what I'm telling you? God help us to show unconditional love. Whenever Marilyn Monroe was a young girl, she was, they did an interview with her some time back. She was sent from foster home. You may have not have known it. I didn't know it until I was reading the article. She was sent from foster home to foster home to foster home. They said she felt like nobody loved her. And then finally, they asked her, said, have you ever felt unconditional love from anybody to which she replies yes there was one time that there was a lady that took us in she was my foster mother and that day she was just kind of in a happy mood and she wrote over and she pats my cheek with, with her rouge puff and, and when she does that she said from that moment just that touch I felt loved by her she was simply showering blessings and love on her she felt starved for attention starved for love can I tell somebody tonight that or this morning that one one moment, one act of kindness can change somebody's world forever. There's people that have a bad day. Do you know that if I would show them the love of Jesus Christ that it could change their life forever? They could say, you know what? I'm going to try Jesus too. It hasn't been going good. The road I've been going down, the path I've been taking, I'm going to fall in love with Jesus just like they fell in love with Jesus. Their life seems to be together. Things seem to be going good. I'm going to fall in love with Jesus too. One kind deed. One kind kind word can make someone experience the unconditional love that God has for us. And He has for them. Secondly, there's an unfailing love. Now this word comes from Hased, which simply means love that is loyal, love that is steadfast. I want to read 2 Timothy to you. This is too good. He says, if we are unfaithful, anybody ever been unfaithful to God? Anybody ever failed God? Every time that we fall into sin and make a mistake, we have committed spiritual adultery with God. Everybody's still with me. If we are unfaithful, He remains 
unfaithful. You talk about an unfailing love. That means it doesn't matter what I do. This God I'm talking about still loves me. For He cannot deny who He is. That's who He is. That's what He does. It reminds me of the story of Hosea and, and Gomer. And I won't go into the whole story. But long story short, she was a prostitute. That's all she was. She never would stay home. The Bible refers to her as being like a wild animal. She always was wanting to get outside of the fence. Go outside the boundaries of her covenant with her husband. Go outside of those boundaries. Went into uh, prostitution. And the Bible teaches us that Hosea, even though, even though he went through all that, knew she was unfaithful to him, he still wanted to bring her back home. They had children together. He wanted mama to be home with their children. He wanted a mama that would brush daughter's hair. He wanted a mama that would be willing to say, you know what, I'm going to cook some supper tonight. We're going to have a family meal together. Play games around the table. He wanted that, but with her, she was a wild girl. She, she runs around on him, but he still loves her. She cheats on him, but he still loves her. Long story short, you may already know it. She sells herself in the prostitution. She's on the selling block standing there. People are bidding away and from the back of the crowd, there's a man named Hosea that shouts out a number that everybody thinks, my God, she's not worth that much. But the Hosea, she was worth everything. And I'm telling you, there's some of you in this building. You may say, I'm not worth anything, but I came to tell you today, in God's eyes, you're the most precious person in the world. In God's eyes, He loves you more than anybody else. And Hosea goes with this unfailing love and says, listen girl, I've come to take you back home. He bought her back. Listen, God's covenant with us is eternal. Look at Psalm 36 verse 5. I love it. Your unfailing love, O oh Lord, it's as vast or as big as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountain. Your justice like the ocean's depth. You care for your people and animals alike, O oh Lord. Did somebody hear that? God loves animals too. That's right. So next time grandma asks you to pray for a cat, pray for it. Because God cares about the cat too. How precious is your unfailing or unfaltering love, oh God. All humanity will find a shelter in the shadow of your wings. You will take us like a mother hen. You will put us underneath your wings and protect us from the storm. When we feel unloved, when people attack us, when we feel like everybody's left us, He says, you can run to my wings and under my shadow you can take comfort. You can know that my love for you will never fail. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my love for you will never fail. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah that there's a God that loves us like no other. But he goes on and he tells us, he says, I love you with an unfailing love. Now it is your responsibility to go and to love others. <laughs> if they lie on you, what do you do? You love them. Anyway, if they talk about you, if you're going to love like Jesus, you love them anyhow. If they treat you bad every time they see you, treat you like secondhand trash, let me tell you something. What are you supposed to do? Get them back. That's not what God says to do. God says, as I have loved you, so go and love them. So yes, sir, even the people that make you angry, He says, you love them 
Anyhow. I was listening to a story of a, of a mother. She's struggling. The daughter's just rebellious. She ended up getting a DUI. Had to end up going to the police station. And all of that. They call the mother. They don't talk all the way home. Uh, all night they don't talk. But finally, it's the wee hours of the morning. Mama's been crying. She walks into her daughter's room. She hands her something in her hand. It's just this old looking rock to which she says really cute mom what in the world have you brought this rock for the teenage girl with her attitude but her mother said but here's the card that goes with it the daughter opens it she reads it she falls to the floor tears rolling down her eyes and hugs her mother what made her weep was written in the card was these words this rock is more than 200 million years old that's how long it will take before I give up on you I want to tell I'm glad today that God God will never give up on me. Folks, I'm not perfect. I promise you I make mistakes. I promise you that I'm not always goody two-shoes. I wish I was. I wish I was the perfect Christian. But God could not say that about me. I struggle just like many of you in this room do. But I want to tell you one thing I'm glad of today. And that is that i got a God that's got an unfailing love for me. And even when I make boo-boos and when I make mistakes, it's God. He still wraps His arms around me and says, Jimmy, I've got plans for you. The plans I have for you are good and not evil all the days of your life to give you a hope and a future. God has an unfailing love. And so he says, we should be such a constant to other people that our love for them, they refer to it as unfailing. That they can call us when they need us and we're going to be there. And then lastly, and I'll close with this, five minutes and I'm out. Undying love. Now, undying love is simply a continuation of what I just said because undying means that it will last forever. In Psalms of Solomon 8, 6 through 7, come on to the piano, Miss Sandra. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. Its jealousy is as, is as enduring as the grave. Love flashes like fire, the brightest kind of flame. It's love. Many waters cannot quench it, nor rivers drown it. If a man tried to buy love with all his wealth, his offer would be utterly scorned. Now, there's some of you, you look at Hollywood, and there's like this 90-year-old man running around with a 25-year-old wife. Yeah. What's the first thing we say? He got money. Just because he's got money doesn't mean she loves him. She's there for the party. She's there for the shower of blessings of what his money can buy her. Not because he loves her. But I thank God there's an undying love. Just like I talked about Wallace and Bonnie a few minutes ago. Many of you in this place that have been married for many, many, many years. And you've spent many, many years together. Here you are in your elder state. Still loving one another. Still helping one another. When you struggle, the other one's there. When you need tended to, it's such a beautiful picture. When you see an older couple, it's sad, but it's still beautiful. When they get old and feeble, and the one's trying to help the other walk, and help them get places. And in your mind, in your heart, you know that the one trying to help needs help their self. Anybody ever seen that? But there's an undying love. That says, man, this wasn't bought with money. You can try to buy it. You can't have it. 
I love them through it all. Let me tell you, God is like that with us. He promises, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will go with you even unto the end of the world. As I have loved you, loved with unconditional love. Love with unfailing love. Love with undying love. A love that will last forever. I'm going to close with this. If a woman is pregnant, and some of you have been pregnant, they may not tell anybody at the beginning. They say, we're just going to keep it a secret. The truth of the matter is that when a woman is pregnant, she can hide it for a little while, but over time, it's going to show Early on in her pregnancy, her stomach is still flat. You can't tell. that, that, that It's, it's going to get huge, alright? But you can't tell at first. But eventually, eventually, there will be things happening inside of her, changing her hormonally. She may send you to the store to get peanut butter ice cream. She's never ate peanut butter ice cream. But there is something going on inside of her. She starts talking different. She says things different. She changes her mind. She picks up various habits that she never had before because something is going on on the inside. Now, the husband may recognize it. I'm not going to recognize it. I don't see any change. To me, it's the same Sally that I saw last Sunday. There's nothing different. But he notices that there's something going on on the inside. And after a while, the changes that are happening on the inside are going to show up on the outside. And then everybody is going to say, look, Sally's pregnant. The changes on the inside, listen to me folks, are happening. But it eventually shows on the outside. See, I'm telling you, there's many of God's so-called Christians that aren't pregnant with His love because the changes aren't showing. I don't care what you claim is going on inside of you. After a while, it will show on the outside. I love Jesus more than I ever loved Jesus before. Oh, you all know God's working inside of me. But you're hateful to your waitress. No, 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 no. You, you, you aren't pregnant with love. No, no. You don't even know God in His fullness. You think you do, you don't. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. But if God is working inside of me and changing my heart, that's where it starts at, folks, is the heart. And as He changes my heart... And the love of God fills my heart. The Holy Spirit fills me with love. It is at this moment that I begin to go out into the world. And people don't have to wonder what's going on inside of me. They already know I'm pregnant with the love of God. They already know that's a man of God. That's a woman of God. Why? They see it. It shows. As I have loved you, I need you to go into the world. And I need you to love other people the same way. Can you do it today? Can you do it today? Next time you go, I'm telling you, I talked to a waitress not too long ago and, and they say that the, the rudest people is church people. That bothers me as a preacher. 
It bothers me to hear waitresses say that they wait on table full of church people from the, for the Sunday crowd and they fill a table and they hate to get them because they're the worst people to deal with. They make the most mess and they leave the smallest tip. Shame on us! What she has seen is a group of people that went to church because it was 11 o'clock and they were supposed to. They went to church out of tradition because they've always done it. Mama taught them to. They claim there's something inside of them that the world's got to have. But until they can see it on the outside, folks, we're doing this in vain. God has called us to this Valentine's season. Not only are you going to show your wife or husband love, but I'm telling you, you need to focus on showing other people love too. It is in this way that people will look at you without doubt and say, that is God's disciple. Let's all stand. I'm going to close today. Oh my God, what a challenge to the church. How many of you know today Jesus loves you more than anything in the world? How many of you know that if Jesus Christ would have had to go to the cross and you would have been the only person, do you truly believe that He'd have went for you? I believe it 110%. Because while we were yet sinners, God showed His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, still living in our sinful ways, God loved us. Giving His only Son, God loved us. I believe that today. The challenge to us as I close in prayer is this. This Jesus that we know loves us so much, He leaves us with this command. I'm giving you a new commandment. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Father, I'm going to thank you today. Oh my God, thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. The powerful name of Jesus. We lift you up today. You are exalted high. You are lifted up today. We know you love us. There's not a doubt in our mind. There's not a person in this building that hasn't experienced the love of God. They know it. They know it. They feel it on a daily basis. You shower us with your love and your blessings. For that we're grateful. But Father, I'm asking you to help us to get to the place that we learn to follow this command. That just as you have loved and cared for us, it is your will that we should love one another. I pray for this congregation today that we would have such a love among us that Satan would sit there and just get so angry because he can't tear it up. Every time Satan tries to bring division to this body, let the love of God over, overshadow it. Father God, every time that somebody says something to somebody, instead of getting angry with them, let them remember this sermon. Let them say, you know what? I'm just going to love them anyhow. I'm going to be kind to them anyhow. I'm going to pray for them anyhow. I'm going to keep my spirit right. And then after a while, God will change the heart of that other person. Father, let us look, not only loving one another in the church, but it's a command that we love those in the world as well. Those that mistreat us. Those that do us wrong. That don't know you. So God, this is our challenge for the week. As you have loved us, we would love you. In the name of Jesus, the church shouted, Amen and Amen.